You're listening to God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. God Stories Radio. Bringing hope and comfort through the Christian testimony. Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 17. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And we just welcome you to the program. Glad you could be with us today. This is God Stories Radio, bringing hope and encouragement through the Christian testimony. Amen to that. Amen to that. How's your week been, Mike? Um, it's been a pretty good week after uh, having to take some off, let's say, uh, reschedule some things and and uh, being attacked through that, but uh, again with uh, my brothers uh, and, and the prayer that they had and everything else, I had a great week. Even the same, even the very night was a great night. Myself as well. Uh, this week has been quite the challenge. That's why I am thoroughly excited about this testimony tonight. I think the it's ki- the reason why. I think it's the reason why. And then when I heard Justin's message this morning about the testimony. We're doing the right thing. We are. We're in the right direction. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what matters to me. Right. This is God's Stories and, Radio, not Fritz Stories. Right, and I totally believe that uh, the attacks that we've had, and actually uh, Kim herself, who is our guest today, uh, has been attacked as well. We're all happy to get this uh, going, and Satan was for was at us for a reason, and so I can't wait to hear this testimony. Oh, me neither. And those of you that remember Jessica that we had, a, uh, I think that was, was session, session 10. 10. We have her roommate here tonight, Kim. Kim, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the time to come. We can't wait to hear your testimony. Thank you. <laughs> well, we're just going to let you uh, take it away. Okay. Well, um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm really thankful to be here and share what God has done in my life. Um so I'm 33 years old, and I was born in the Philippines and raised in Seattle. My family, my parents were married, and we did, really didn't go without. My sister and I had most of what we wanted, and so you would think that growing up in that environment that um, a kid could be happy, but I always felt like I had something missing. I always had this void. I didn't know God. We weren't raised in church, and. Well, my mom took us to Catholic Church, but I never connected there. I, I didn't know that there was a God in heaven who loved me and had a plan for my life. So I turned to the world to um, fill this void, to try and find fulfillment and satisfaction. And um, when I was younger, I just liked to play a lot. My mom would get mad because I was always wanted to be with my friends. And when they my friends would leave, I would get really depressed, you know, and just felt more alone. And I would eat a lot that would satisfy and give me fulfillment temporarily. And But when I got a little bit older, it became um, more dangerous. I started to get boy crazy really young. I started experimenting in junior high with cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol. And I started with like, you know, marijuana and stuff that a lot of kids actually try, you know, at the age of 14. And I started, you know, having sexual relationships. And I got into a very codependent, I don't like to say the word dysfunctional, but it really was um, a relationship at the age of 16. And 
um, we stayed together for a few years. Through that, I got pregnant very early. And this pregnancy, when I found out I was pregnant, I was disqualified for a scholarship that I had earned um, because I wouldn't be able to fulfill my portion. And so I was disqualified for the scholarship and I was really crushed like, you know, I had hopes for a bright future and it seemed like they were all dashed to the ground finding out that I was pregnant right out of high school. And so I still wanted to make a life for this child that I had and I started going to school full time and trying to work full time to continue down that road because I did want to make a life. I did want to have a good life. And the guy that I was in the relationship with, he was using drugs and selling drugs from our apartment. And so that's why I had to work full time to support us. And um, I didn't understand drugs at this point. I didn't understand addiction. I didn't understand why he would leave and go use drugs and not come home to his family. You know, I was just really naive and I was angry with him. I was mad that um, I would sit at home and wait for him with his baby and he would just run around town and I, I didn't understand that and so I got mad at him and I ended the relationship. Um, looking back on it now, I wish I had known about addiction so that I could help him, but I didn't and I suffered a lot of rejection from it, you know, like why aren't we enough? Why don't you wanna come home to us? And so through that rejection, I decided, well, I'm gonna do me, you know, forget it. I, the, all I wanted was this family and it didn't work out. So I said, forget it, I'm gonna do me. And I started down a road of being very selfish. The decisions I began to make affected other people and it didn't bother me, I didn't care, you know. I didn't have a, a sense of anybody else's feelings except for still trying to fill this void that I had inside of me. With the rejection and the failed relationship, the void got stronger. I mean, anything that I tried to fill it with temporarily would cause it to get stronger. And so I said, all right, I, I tried to continue going full time to school and to working while being a mom and trying to party, you know, trying to find fulfillment in drinking and partying. And, you know, that was very, very tiring. And I grew tired of it really fast. And one day we decided we all turned 21, a bunch of my friends, and we all went to Las Vegas. I just fell in love with the lifestyle. I saw women who were cocktail waitresses and I was like, they're making some serious money. And here I am working full time and going to school full time, trying to make a life. Why do I need to do that? I could do this, you know? So I did, I decided, okay, I'm moving to Las Vegas. And I took my daughter and ripped her from everything she had known. She was three years old at the time and made a very selfish decision to move to Las Vegas. And I didn't have a job or anything lined up, I just went. As soon as I got there, I got hired on the spot at this nightclub that was pretty upscale and there's a lot of money to be made. And, um, you know, I just, I went for it, you know, that fast cash lifestyle. I was like, yeah, you know, and I, I sought to find fulfillment in that. And I was living down in Las Vegas. I was 22 years old. I was making a house payment on a four bedroom house. I had a car, I traveled, I went shopping. Um, I was partying with celebrities down there. And I was like, you know, okay, this must be it. You know, all this glamor, I thought this was the answer. You know, this I would find fulfillment in. and. It didn't, and I would come home at night. Actually, I didn't even have a desire to come home because it was like, 
I would feel that emptiness when I was alone, you know? And so as much as I loved that little girl that I had, I, I didn't understand why I didn't have a desire to come home, you know, because I would feel those empty feelings, that, that hole in my heart. And so I stayed out late and partied all the time. My partying began to get out of hand. I started to drink myself to sleep most nights, and I just thought, this is what you do when you live in Las Vegas, you drink more. But uh, <laughs> I've learned the terminology for it now, it's self-medicating. That's what I was doing, I was drinking away that pain that I felt, that, that emptiness that I felt, I was trying to drink it away, and still making very, very selfish decisions that affected my daughter, and not, not that I didn't care, I love my daughter to pieces. I loved her with everything in me, but I didn't understand why, you know, that wasn't enough for me. I still felt that emptiness. And so there was one night, like I said, making really selfish decisions, really bad decisions and hanging out. I started hanging out with people that were bad news. There was this girl that I moved into my house. I, I knew it wasn't a good idea. I knew that, um, it just wasn't a group of people that I should be hanging around with, but I started hanging out with her and um, she introduced me to something. We were out partying one night, drunk and out on the Las Vegas Strip. You know, I'm, I'm thinking this is so cool and glamorous, whatever. I had tried something. She introduced me to something and I tried it and I didn't know what it was at the time that I tried it, but I just saw these people smoking this stuff out of a glass pipe and I was like oh my gosh maybe that's the secret that I've been looking for I thought that's what I that's what I'm looking for you know Satan not only lured you to the lifestyle he brought you to the epicenter right yeah and he knew when to introduce it also because earlier maybe five years before that I would have never touched this drug you know it was at the time when I had suffered more rejection from failed relationships and and I was just at a very, very low point in this, like I said, that void that I felt was so strong and I hated this feeling, I hated it. And I saw this girl who I had moved in with me, so I, I saw her every day. This girl would eat donuts and milkshakes and she had all this energy and I'm like, how does she do that and stay skinny? I go to the gym four days a week, I haven't eaten a carb in two years, but she eats donuts all day and she's still skinny. So when I saw her smoking this pipe, I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I need. Cause then I don't have to go to the gym. Then I can eat donuts, you oh know? Boy. Oh boy, <laughs> Right. That was a bunch of goods right there. Yeah, well I was 24 at the time, so still very young. Well, not too young though. Most people at 24 realize that drugs are bad and don't do them. but. Um, like you said, the enemy knows what he's doing and that was just a prime opportunity and I was drunk and I tried it and that was it. I, I had energy and I actually went home and dug weeds out of my front yard at about 6.30 in the morning. And um, <laughs> this is something that I had wanted to do. I had received a notice from the HOA that they were gonna put a lien on my house because I hadn't dug these weeds out. And I was like, oh, I have the energy to do I'm a good dig these weeds out at 6 30 in the morning that gives gives new meaning to crack weed doesn't yeah. it pretty much <laughs> and so i was like okay this is what i the energy this is what i've been looking for and strangely enough i didn't feel this void when when i had this drug and so you know i was always told i was a smart girl you know i got good grades like i said i had a scholarship and so i was always told i was a smart girl so i was like well 
I'm just not going to have a drug problem. That's stupid. You know, I'm just not going to do it all the time. Like, I'm not going to be a drug addict. I'm just going to, it's going to be like coffee. I'll have it in the morning. That's it. And I did that for a while. <laughs> if, if there's such thing as a functioning drug addict, I, I was really excited about it too because now all of a sudden my bills were paid on time because I had the energy to keep track of them and clean the house. And I started actually volunteering at my daughter's school. And I thought, wow, now I can be a good mommy with this drug. I mean, I was so deceived, you know, but really. I was going to ask you, if you didn't mind, who um, did you add help with your daughter? I mean, while this partying was going on, I mean, who was mm-hmm. who was watching? I her? had a roommate that was living with me at the time, and she worked day shift, so my daughter would stay at home with her. Oh, okay. But still, not a good environment, you know. Like, kids need to be with their parents. Their parents don't need to be out all night. It was not. It was not healthy. So, just was functioning on this drug, and I would smoke it in the morning and go to sleep every night. I was like, you know, why why do people have a drug problem? Just don't do it all the time. That's dumb, you know? I got fired from that job where I found security. I mean, at that job, I was making three to $500 a night in cash, easy, and making a good deal of money hourly too, as well as good benefits, you know? So I really found security in that job and I got fired from that job and it was like, Everything came to a screeching crash around me, and I was like, now what? And I started doing the drugs more. I had more time to do it, and um, it didn't matter if I went to sleep. So I started doing the drugs more, and through that, I started finding different dealers or whatever, and I met a man who was very bad news. And I started noticing that he probably wasn't a person that I should be around but I still continue to you know when you get those checks in your spirit not to go with people or you know that your conscience I got that and I still continued to hang around him and he was pretty much feeding me drugs for free so that probably was a big part of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I realized that this man had some bad sexual perversions and just really not a good guy and so that is the point where I sent my daughter to go live with her dad because I was really scared of that situation I thought it was I, I didn't want anything to happen to my daughter so I sent her away I knew inside I, I just wasn't done doing these drugs there was still something inside of me that wanted to do them and so I asked her dad her dad for help I said can your daughter come stay for one school year with you I need to get myself together he said yes and he actually manipulated it so that she would stay there he claimed abandonment this and that and Mm -hmm. i was angry i was furious Mm -hmm. for a lot of years i now see it as god's protection over her and i'm thankful for it oh yeah but at that time i was really angry and furious and you know having lost my daughter i started to believe this lie that i was unlovable because who would love a woman who can't even watch her own kid she doesn't even have custody of her daughter who who's gonna love a woman like that so that man who was in my life i you know he was there and i just wanted something you know so i married him i married the drug dealer and i suffered verbal mental and sexual abuse from him like stuff that you know you don't you can't even talk about it you know sure 
very very um, sick things that I endured and um, after this it was just um, it got worse and worse and I finally was able to break free from that relationship and just found myself in one that was even more crazy if you can be more crazy but I was still married so at this point I was committing adultery with different men and it was just horrible I ended up back in Seattle with my family in Washington and just this continued for another year maybe and so one day at the age of 29 it was September 8th of 2009 it was like everything my whole world came crashing around me and I realized like this is horrible I hate this life I'm so tired of living like this why can't I get out of it and I and I had just decided that I had made too big of a mess to ever clean up and that I didn't want to live anymore I was too tired so I decided to take my own life on September 8th of 2009 I called my best friend at the time her name's Diane she had we were best friends ever since junior high but I just really didn't have any friends in my life anymore because um, I was so I was so far gone on the drugs so I just called her and I said hey I'm so tired of living the way that I'm living and I really just want to die and I'm gonna take my life I can't do this anymore well before I go into that let me say also that I obviously lost everything um, my car everything the job um, lost my daughter and I was diagnosed bipolar schizophrenic and I even was diagnosed with a brain tumor and I was just like this is crazy I just want to die I don't want to live anymore I have a brain tumor I'm you know in and out of mental institutions I just don't want to live anymore and so I called her and I said hey I'm on like 12 different prescriptions and I have one here that's full and I'm just going to take it because I'm done I don't want to do this anymore I hate my life I hate the way that I've been living and I'm just tired and she said will you just talk to my friends from church and I was like okay yes and so she had these two women call me I'm still friends with them today their names are Bobby and Nicole and they called me and just spoke hope over me and spoke life and just explained to me that there was a God in heaven who loved me and had a plan for my life and I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it because of who I was and what I had done and I you know I was like that's probably true for you guys you know but you don't understand I am a drug addict and I couldn't even stop using drugs long enough to take care of my daughter who I love so much so I'm sure that you know you have a great life with God but I don't think God can forgive me they assured me that God could forgive me of my sins in fact um, I just kept telling them how bad off I was that they told me later that they thought that I had murdered somebody the way I had talked about, you know, I just <laughs> felt so horrible about who I had become and what I had done and the people that I hurt and the wreckage in my life that um, I just thought that I was unforgivable. But they assured me that, you know, God loved me and had a plan for my life. And so I repeated the prayer over the phone, asked Jesus to forgive me and, um, and I felt different in that moment. I knew something inside of me had changed and that I was never going to be the same again. I prayed this prayer. I was sleeping on the floor at my mom's house and I prayed this prayer and I knew 
that something inside me was different. A few weeks later, I had I had nothing. My parents were done with me. They were sick of watching me sleep on the floor in their house, not do anything with my life. And so I just really had no place to go. And I was praying for a place to go. And um, just the way it all laid out, I can tell it was God leading me to this place called Teen Challenge. When I heard about it, I was like, well, I'm not a teenager, so I probably can't go there. <laughs> I think that's what, that's Jessica, what Jessica said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, when they said it was 12 months, I'm like, well, I don't really don't have 12 months. I'm 29 years old, and I still want to get married and have more children and be with my daughter still. So I don't have 12 months, you know. So I just was trying to make excuses and wrestle with God, but I said, okay, I'll go and check it out. You know, maybe I'll do six months. I can give six months, but not 12. But I, I did decide to go. That got my foot in the door. And when I walked in the doors of Teen Challenge, it was like I had been doggy paddling to keep my head above water. For 29 years, I had just been doggy paddling, trying to keep my head above water. And when I walked through those doors, it was like I put my arms down and I found that rest that Jesus talks about come to me you who are heavy burdened and I'll give you rest and I found that finally it was like immediate when I walked through the door and after being there I realized that I would stay the 12 months God really got a hold of my heart and I mean I fell in love with my Lord I got to know him who he was Um, I fell in love with the word and when I actually started to dive into the word and read it i got really angry that i didn't know all this i believed lies my whole life i didn't know that this was the truth i decided then that i would give my life to tell people the truth that i wanted people to know you know that they didn't have to live that way that they didn't have to live that life and i remember being in teen challenge and for the first few months i was there every night when i would lay down and close my eyes I would see myself dancing on the beach with the man. I would just have this visual. And I was like, you know, everybody wants the promise of marrying um, the man that God has for you. And so I'm like, oh, that's my husband. And we're going to be happy on the beach. But it was really me and Jesus. And he was telling me that even though I was encompassed in this place, these four walls with all these rules, don't do this, don't wear your hair like this, don't wear these clothes, don't talk during these hours whatever lights out at 10 o'clock you know all the rules at teen challenge even though i was controlled in this capacity by all these rules and these four walls i was finally free i had experienced true freedom and god was showing me that my spirit was finally free i was completely healed of the bondages that i had suffered my whole life and i was just dancing on the beach with my lord I really got a hold of God's Word and allowed it to transform my thinking. You come into a lot of wrong mindsets when you do drugs and you have, you know, not a lot of morals. Drug addicts lie and steal and cheat and I allow God's Word to reshape my mind and He taught me how to be excellent and how to want to be excellent because I didn't want to be excellent before. I didn't want to You know, I just wanted to get away with what I could and do what I wanted to do. And God really, really reshaped my heart during this time at Teen Challenge. And it's amazing when you live within God's boundaries, you are truly free. That's Mm -hmm. right. 
I think, like I said in my testimony, too, that uh, he had me alone for all that time, and he wanted me, and that's what he had with you, and that's what he does. He has you alone by yourself with him to learn and find out who you really are. Right. And then find out who you are with him. Right. (laughs) I didn't want to commit to a 12-month program, but I ended up staying on with Teen Challenge for a total of four years. (laughs) (laughs) You were going to give him six months. Yeah, six months. Yeah. It was a total of four years. Uh, After my program, I was blessed with an opportunity to intern, and I interned in Hawaii, and that was amazing. And I remember sharing my testimony um, at a outreach that we did on the beach. And we were ministering to homeless people, and I was sharing what God had done in my life. And I remember feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong and looking over to my right and seeing the waves crash on the beach as I'm sharing how God had changed my life so radically and thinking to myself, a year ago, I was a drug addict with no hope. And look at what I'm doing now. I'm telling these people about Jesus Christ, and I'm on the beaches of Hawaii. You're suffering for Jesus in Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's a changed life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, afterward, well, while I was in Hawaii, um, a director that I had known in Seattle for Teen Challenge asked me, she emailed me and said, hey, are you tired of Hawaii yet? And I was like, well... Absolutely really? not. <laughs> really? You ever really get tired of Hawaii? Except yeah. for how expensive it is. Yeah. It's very expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> and she asked me, are you tired of Hawaii? And I was like, absolutely not. But why are you asking? And there was something inside of me that knew that it was going to be time to go. And I was actually trying to stay on there. But um, she said, well, I've got this admin position open and I would like you to consider it. And um, I was like, well... My answer is no, but I'll, I'll sure pray about it. <laughs> and she wanted to put her two cents in. Yeah, yep, that she did. Um, so I prayed about it, and God won. I had to leave Hawaii, and um, I moved to Louisiana, where I worked at a women's home. I really enjoyed that time. I spent almost two years there, and I really enjoyed that time of sharing with women um, what God had done in my life and pouring that into them, you know, and... It just amazed me some days that I would think he uses me to talk to these ladies about modesty and purity and being a Proverbs 31 woman. And that was my thing to them is that I would um, really, really impress upon them to be that woman, to be diligent, to be faithful, to be excellent and to pursue holiness and purity, you know, and it just amazes me that God, God did that, you know, he really, really changed my heart and. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful to know God today, to not have to be that person and and as as bad off as it got and as horrible as I was and all the things that I did, I can be thankful for it today because I am who I am now. Do I wish that I didn't hurt people, especially my daughter? Absolutely. But I wouldn't take it back now for knowing who Jesus is. Because if I... If I hadn't, if I hadn't gone down that road, if I had gone to college and been successful, I might not know Jesus today. And for that, I'm just so grateful and I'm excited to be here in Florida. I moved here recently and um, I'm praying for the restoration of that relationship with my daughter and I'm starting to see it budding and and it's hard. It's a hard process and it's it hurts sometimes. And um, 
but I'm just really, really thankful to God and thankful to Jessica for opening her home to me. And that's an amazing um, how God connected the dots with me and her because I know Jessica talked about going to Teen Challenge and we didn't even go the same one. Um, I went in Seattle, she went in Georgia, but just the way God connected the dots through the network of Teen Challenge and um, she opened her home to me and I'm really excited to be here and see what God has for me here. And I'm thankful that you guys asked me to come on the show. <laughs> We're thankful that you accepted right. the invitation. Well, it's all it all comes down to when she was just saying what she was saying there that uh, uh, Martin, was the connection there and if i didn't move to his place right the other place i was in that was living basically free rent free let's say and go there and pay rent and everything else and i was why is that but these people these women from teen challenge wouldn't have come about and actually some of the other uh testimonies we have lined up down the road or so from you being inconvenienced at work and right. being moved and yeah absolutely isn't that amazing why i guess i'm finding out why <laughs> you really are yeah and some of the words that she had just said where do we hear those before <laughs> yeah i know codependency word yeah coming i up. hate that word i hate that <laughs> word <laughs> but i was both. oh yeah i hate it but that was Oof. me 100 percent for sure you know and it's i really bear a lot of witness with with kim because going through a job like experience where you're allowed to almost become ruined so to speak but your life is spared right so that you can Mm -hmm. you can help somebody else and absolutely you know and you're standing on the beach and you're thinking i i should be dead right by all good reason i should be dead either from the drugs or from wanting to take my own life Mm -hmm. but god had had plans and he 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 wrote your story for somebody else he really did right she used that word that i've heard since then and i don't like that word tired because whenever i hear that word tired you're tired it's it means you and i have been tired tired. yeah yeah i was tired the friday night i met you right Uh, right and i was tired i said i was tired when i was ready to do myself as yeah. Kim was just saying, I was ready, and God knew I was ready. I used the word tired. I met another guy here at church, and he said he was tired. And next thing I know, and I tried to talk with him, and we we spent a little time uh, drinking coffee and talking. And the next thing I know, before the weekend was over, he was in the hospital being pumped. So I just don't like that word tired. Yeah. But I think God pro- finds a lot of us there, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, absolutely. I also want to make sure that I say this. I always forget this when I do my testimony, and so I wrote my notes down and brought them with me because I want people to know that Jesus Christ is a healer. That brain tumor that I was diagnosed with in 2008 while I was in Hawaii, I I had an MRI done, and there was no evidence of the pituitary mass, is is what it said. So God had done a physical healing in my body. Um, as well as the spiritual and healing of my heart and my mind. He touched me physically as well. And so um, I've been healed of that as well. And God has given me, restored me so thoroughly. I want to talk about this because it might seem insignificant to people, but it's so significant to me. And and it just shows you how intimate God's love is, is that... Um, you know, when you're using drugs and you're not healthy, you're not eating adequately, and um, you're not 
getting the vitamins that you should be getting and plus drugs are made out of horrible chemicals I had lost a lot of hair and I was receding and my hair was very thin and fine and and now when I put my hair back in a ponytail it's like I'm trying to get all the new growth because I have baby hairs all throughout here and all on the sides right here and they curl up and sometimes I get annoyed with them but then I have to remember this is God giving me back my hair you know like he's so thoroughly and intimately in love with us like his word says even the hairs on your head are numbered and Mm -hmm. that's not just a pretty thing he says it's so true he's given me back my hair that i lost in drug addiction he talks about in the word bringing nourishment to your bones yeah it's Mm -hmm. amazing i'm just so in love with the lord and i just have a passion to see people's lives transform because i know what the power of God can do in a person's life. Sometimes I'm a little overzealous too and get mad at people like, don't you see? Don't you see what God wants to do in your life? And I get angry and I have to calm myself down and put myself in a corner and let God be God in their life just the way he was in mine. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, amen. When you've survived a a story like that, Mm -hmm. you tend to be a little zealous. Right. Yes. Yes, I can't help it. I I want the world to know that, first of all... You just I, did. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just did. I just, I hate the fact that I spent my life believing lies. Truth was there. I chose not to look for it, but the truth was there. And so I want to make sure that I tell anyone who will listen the truth. Well, you just spoke to people in New Zealand. They just came on it's board. I saw that today. New Zealand. Um Still South Africa, Canada. Canada is uh, is really uh, swept into uh, other than the United uh, States. UK, number one, UK, uh, South Africa, Namibia, wow. and Philippines is actually up there. Wow. Uh, yes. They moved yep. into like uh, third or fourth. They are, they're there. Guys, let us know who you are. If you're listening from these countries, drop us a line just to say hello. Let us know who you are. If you have a prayer request, send it. You know, be glad to pray for you. If you have a question for Kim, send it. We'll get it to her, GodStoriesRadio at Gmail, or uh, the blog on the website, GodStoriesRadio.com. And after now having 17 sessions in, uh, we're looking to hear from you, uh, the listener, for uh, anybody who would like to uh, give a testimony. Uh, We will be glad to put it on the air. So just, uh, again, as Fritz just said, use uh, Gmail, uh, GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com or the blog. We just want to hear from you. And actually, you know, again, to uh, encourage us, let us know uh, any of these sessions that you listen to. If any of them have lifted you up, encouraged you, gave you comfort or hope, let us know. Encourage us. Yeah, we have no other agenda but to encourage you and to bless you. And and Kim, if you don't mind, would you close us in prayer sure. tonight? Thank you. Sure. God, I just want to thank you for who you are, God, and thank you, God, that we can have new life in you, Lord. And I just thank you, God, for this opportunity to share who you are and what you've done in my life, God. And I just pray over the words, God, that you would send them to the right people, God, and that they would minister, God, to those who you are calling. God, you are gathering your sheep, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that these words would encourage people, Lord, and that it would give them the hope that I was looking for, God, that, that they can have a new life and or whatever whatever situation people are facing, God, that they would find that you are the answer, Lord. 
And I just thank you, God, for all that you've done in my life, what you continue to do. And I just thank you, God, for this ministry and what they are doing, Father. And I thank you, God, that your hand is in it. God, it's obvious and that you would continue to bless it, God, and that it would increase, Lord, and that it would also increase the harvest for your kingdom, Father. We thank you, God, and all the glory goes to you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Man, I'm encouraged. <laughs> I think I'll get saved yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an uh, altar call. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks that, for coming, Kim. We really appreciate your time. Thanks Thank you for having me. We really, you. really do. Thank yeah. you. Amazing testimony. It's finally done. <laughs> it's done. It's we on. did it. Somebody needed to hear this testimony because th- all three of us tonight, you know, all week or last two weeks, weeks actually, since we've had her scheduled, have been through stuff. Yeah. It's just amazing. It is done. It is out there. <laughs> Let us know Amen. you enjoyed it. Well, that about wraps it up for session 17. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. God bless. God bless. God bless.